Check us out. We're back, and it's uh, it's good to be back. I missed you. Thank you to Jake Nager in the Moment of Truth for throwing down the intro music here. You can find Jake Nager on Spotify, Apple, the iTunes. And uh, it's Cantori after a couple of weeks off. It's been since the holidays. The holidays are so weird, you know, with the get-togethers and then the turn of the year. And then what happened at the Capitol, it's been such a weird time that I think a lot of us had to unplug and kind of reset at our own pace. Hence, signing on here uh, three weeks into the new year because I wasn't really ready to to adopt 2021. It felt too much like 2020.5. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit more at peace with, uh, with the world and uh, with one another. And I hope it continues. I hope we can still, we can stay on this path. And, and I see a light for the first time that I haven't seen in a while. Kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, we would go to the city and go through, uh, I think it was the Lincoln Tunnel. And while we were underwater in the tunnel, I'd be tripping out as a kid, you know, with OCD. You know, what if the ceiling cracks? What if we get flooded? You know, stuck in here, the whole bit. But I always knew I could calm my anxiety by, by reassuring myself that the, there was light at the end of that tunnel, that there was a way out and we were going to pop out in a matter of time. Now, as it relates to this pandemic, I didn't have that same feeling. I didn't see the light through a lot of this. And I wasn't sure if I was going to pop out on the other side. <laughs> and that being said, I'm sure glad I did pop out on the other side of 2020. And uh, we still have a long road ahead of us. And I, I definitely carry anxiety as it relates to the pandemic and the economy and all that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, I do feel like I, I see the light more today, certainly, than I did yesterday. And I hope the same is true for you. Now, uh, today, we're talking to uh, the original Karate Kid. And I say that um, tongue-in-cheek but with some sincerity in that our guest, Stefan Storacci, who in all transparency happens to be one of my best friends, but Stefan grew up in the karate scene in the early 80s. So when we watched The Karate Kid, that scene that was depicted was the scene that my friend Stefan was very involved in, so much so that when I met him in the mid-80s after the movie came out, he was introduced to me as the original Karate Kid. Why? Not because the movie was based on him, but because he was the youngest kid in the West Valley to earn a black belt. And because of that, he got the title and he was part of the scene that, again, was depicted in the movie. So much so that in this interview, he talks about a, a trainer that worked at a rival studio named Simon Ree. I did a quick Google search on Simon Ree. Dude is working out with the current cast of Cobra Kai. <laughs> and uh, you'll hear Stefan's story. It's super le legit. First, I do want to thank some of our sponsors. Starting off, March and Ash, MarchandAsh.com, San Diego's premier cannabis dispensary with locations in Mission Valley, Vista, Out and Imperial, and coming soon to City Heights. Now, you can also do the curbside pickup and delivery at MarchandAsh.com. They have a wide variety of safe and effective. I mean, after all, uh, what did we learn during this pandemic? It's an essential service, but uh, THC, CBD products, uh, I, I get stuff down there to help with sleeping and relaxation. I, I recently rolled my ankle, went big on the CBDs, 
And again, it's marchinash.com. Also want to thank our friends at Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. They've been insuring folks, insuring folks and their trips to Baja since the early 90s. And you can print your policy out in a matter of minutes online at BajaBound.com. A lot of folks, even in the midst of the pandemic, traveling to Baja, be it business, uh, limited pleasure. I mean, there has to be a reason why you're going down. But uh, I've also got friends who are living there now full time due to the economy and all that stuff. And they always hook up with Baja Bound. They can uh, insure all your belongings, BajaBound.com. Now, before we get to the OG Karate Kid here, I I wanted to share a couple of things. Uh, First, Joe Biden is officially the 46th president of the United States today. So uh, Foo Fighters have an inauguration song that's ready to rock. Say goodbye to Trump. Ah, very catchy. (laughs) Also want to thank uh, Sobrero's Mexican Food. You can build a combo. Uh, They've got these burrito deals going on right now. Taco Tuesday, dollar off any taco. And uh, they also do catering, and you can order Sobrero's online. Hook up that bean and cheese burrito. My son loves their carne asada fries. But in any event, it's SombreroMex.com. All right, let's talk to the homie, Stefan Storacci, who was introduced to me in 1985 at Taft High School in Woodland Hills by Travis Arsenal as uh, the original Karate Kid. (laughs) Stefan. Hey, Chris. How's it going, man? Very well. And uh, I shared the little story about how when I started at uh, Taft High School up in Woodland Hills, there was a lore story about the youngest black belt in the valley. When I, when I first met you, people were like, you know who that kid is, don't you? And I was like, no. And they're like, that's, that's, that's the original karate kid, the, the valley's youngest black belt. And it's true, right? Well, yeah. I mean, back in the eighties, um, under Mr. Ichikawa who owned Tarzana karate studio, I was one of the youngest, if not the youngest in the state of California at one point. Um, and then as the martial arts continue to, to grow and blow up it, I mean that there were black belts popping up everywhere over time, but you were early eighties where they weren't just handing out, you know, and I'm sure today they just don't hand them out, but certainly earning a black belt in the early eighties and how old were you? And that was way different than earning one today, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I earned my black belt November, 1981. Damn dude. Um, So what you were like 10 or 11. I was 11. I I actually was right. It was actually right before my 11th birthday. 
um, cause I'm a December baby. So, um, yeah, it was, it was 81. And what got you to that point at that time? Pardon my ignorance, but how long had you been training up until that point? And, you know, what was that experience like not knowing anything about that world? Well, and you know, my parents, um, enrolled me in 1975. So I was five. And a big part of that was because my cousin was way into it already. He was like, had Bruce Lee posters in his room and I would go to my cousin's house and I was just like, Oh my God, I, that's what I want to do. So my parents brought me to Tarzana karate studio because my cousin who is seven years older than me, also a black belt. Um, he's God, he's second degree now. And I'm not sure if he's still teaching privately, but, um, yeah, that's how I got in. My parents would drop me off. Literally. Like they pick me up from school. They drop me off at the studio. I do my homework at the studio and then I'd start doing classes from like four o'clock on and then they'd come pick me up at six 30. So I was training probably three to four hours, five days a week minimum for solid for, you know, till I was a black, till I got my black belt. That's insane. Pretty much. And, and as yeah. far as that, when you did get that black belt, what was that experience like as a 10, 11 year old kid? Do you, do you remember it vividly? Very. I mean, and I was training with my training partner. A lot of the time was David Wald, who's now like a pretty predominant stunt coordinator, fight coordinator. Um, he's been in the, he was, uh, I believe he was Donatelli when the Ninja Turtles started, he was doing all the, the he was in the suit. <laughs> That's he, was, he was in the suit. Yeah. Doing all and the so, ninja moves. All of them. And Donatello. He, and he, <laughs> right. And then from there, he, he, he became a coordinator and started doing scenes and fight scenes. And, and, um, but no, there was a, a healthy group of, of other kids that were there that were training and training hard every right. day. As far as the actual black belt, like when, when you got that black belt, what was that experience like? Like, is it done within your class? Is there a ceremony? Do you have, is it through? Yeah. Oh, it oh yeah. It was, it was basically when you would test for your black belt at that level, when you hit red and you started going towards your black belt, there were three degrees, third, second, first red. When you tested for a black belt, there was a panel of, probably 10 to 12 black belts that the, the, you know, Mr. Ichikawa, Mr. Oki, Mr. Citron, these are all guys that were, had been training for decades. Right. And they, they would sit there in a chair in like a desk chair, all lined up in front of you with a, with a clipboard. Oh my God. With, oh no, dude, it was serious with a clipboard. The place is packed like full of people and you have to go up there and do like nine forms, your one steps, you have to fight, you have to break boards. Like it, it was for real. It wasn't, you, it wasn't today, you know, it's different. You know, they give you a, a trophy, you sign up, you get a trophy and, and, and not to say that's <laughs> bad. Um, but it, that wasn't the school that we came from. It was, if you didn't know your one steps and your forms and they weren't on point, you didn't pass. Sure. It didn't matter if you had money or, you knew someone, right. none of that. It was straight skill set. You either had the skill set or you didn't go on. I love that. And when you, you know, the only point of reference I have, as we've discussed, you know, offline 
is, is you know the Karate Kid and the Cobra Kai series, which is such an homage to the West Valley. And you know your child, you lived it, man. It's one thing for me to watch it and, and laugh at it as a point, like you know knowing the landmarks and growing up in the valley. But you were part of the culture and the guy or one of the kids. You watching that show, do you draw comparisons or, you know, were there, let's start with, were there rival studios? Let's just start there. Oh, or absolutely. dojos or whatever you refer a to them. Absolutely. I mean, it was on. I mean, you had, you had Tarzana Karate Studio, which is the studio that I trained at. And then right down the street, basically, you had Simon Rhee. Now, the thing that was really interesting about those two schools, they're both Korean styles because I studied Tong Sudo. And and Mr. Ichikawa and then Mr. Ree, Simon Ree, he he taught Taekwondo, uh, which is also Korean style. So what's the difference between Tong Sudo and Taekwondo? Well, first of all, it's not Tang Sudo. So if anyone ever says to you, I studied Tang Sudo, as my teacher would say, that's the breakfast drink. And that's <laughs> not <laughs> and, that, and that's that's improper. So it, it's Tong Sudo. It's the art of the fist, the art of the hand, right? Korean style. Simon Rhee, Korean style, ta Taekwondo, art of the foot. So you had two kind of similar styles, and it was on, man. I mean, when we went to tournaments and, and from basic studio tournaments where studios would hold their own tournaments and, and, and other studios would come and they would fight and do all kinds of different things – then they started going bigger into the city. Ed Parker had the internationals and that was even back in the seventies, Bruce Lee and this was, was showing up and that's where you saw the one inch punch and all that was at Ed Parker's international. Uh, he had Kempo studio in the city. So it, it was, it was, but it, I will say this, you know, it wasn't the, you know, you see someone from another studio out on the street and you guys are ready to bang it out. Right, it wasn't right. <laughs> that part of the Cobra Kai to me, like, I'm sorry, but the second, the end of the second season when they're in there and there's like a eight minute fight scene at the end and the no, kid gets I kicked did. up. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, like there was a lot, of, there's one thing I'll say about the old school is there was a lot of, of, um, emphasis on respect and, and, not showing off and not challenging people and not trying to hurt people. Right. But if you were in a situation and you needed to handle yourself, you could. Sure. Yeah. That being said, though, were there instances where at tournaments kids would get jacked or really hurt? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were tournaments where people would get their, seriously, ribs broken, like it was on. It wasn't this kind of right. touchy, touch and go. It was it was on, and there were people that got hit. Some guys would wear um, face masks. I remember there was a guy in my cousin's division because he's like seven years older than me, and his his name was Johnny Gyro, and he like had this cool uniform. I just remember I was a lot younger, so he had like red. <laughs> he had like he had like the red. He had like the red pants, and he had like a American like flagged influenced top jersey with his belt. And he had this mask that had stars on it and he was super tall and lanky and he could kick. And like, <laughs> so, so it, it was, it was on. I mean, these guys would just bang, dude. Like us as the younger group, 
looking at the older divisions, we were always like, Oh God, I hope I grow. Right. <laughs> I hope I get tall. I hope, cause that guy's huge. I don't want to have to fight that guy. That guy's like serious. So. Yeah, and you yeah, make a good awesome. point because even just using it as, you know, with a parallel to Cobra Kai and that, you know, those kids are all in high school. At this point, you're still in grade school and you're experiencing that world. What a trip. Yeah, middle school, elementary middle school, school. Yeah, exactly. Elementary school. I mean, there was a studio that opened up right down the street from my house, literally three blocks. It was two, two boys, Elon and Orion Salberg, their dad. Um, they were also martial artists. They lived right down the street from me. They opened up another studio. R- literally, that is another. All of a sudden, we had another rivalry that popped up. So, it, <laughs> the like, Jewish martial like, arts school. I'm serious. The Salbergs. They were gnarly. Like they were brothers. And <laughs> I wouldn't like, fuck with is, the Salbergs. Let me tell you something. If you fucked with, excuse me for using that language. Oh, you're if all you good. With, okay, if you fucked with one of the Salbergs, you were fighting the other one for sure. <laughs> And it was exactly like, like the, the, the karate kid, like you'd be at the bike, like it'd be like, I'll see you at the bike racks, bro. (laughs) And then you'd be like, you'd be like, shit. And you'd get your bike and you'd like skip out early. And then you'd see like another crew of guys on their bikes. And like, that's what we did in the, in Woodland Hills, Tarzana, the Valley, the West Valley. We were just riding around on our bikes and yeah, you'd see other guys and and avoid I, it, fights, it cool. get in trouble, and try to avoid getting in fights, or sometimes get in fights just to get in fights. Right. Yeah. And that scene, being in it at the time, you know, anytime you're in something like that, that becomes kind of a real mark in history. You never really, really realize you're in it when right. it's happening. Yep. But, but now it's like I look back, and when I watch Cobra Kai, the thing that trips me out the most is the landscape is all the valley. Like, I I'm know. Like, oh my God, that, that's Reseda Boulevard. Oh, where there's like, I I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Like it's, it's the best. Trip. That's what I love it about it. It's such a, it's such an homage and such a beautiful, just a tribute to the Valley. But then you just take it one step further. Cause again, I mean, you are, you're that kid. You live that in the eighties more than th- those people are portraying what you lived. And that to me, that in itself is a trip because you think about all the different cultures that emerged out of, you know, Los Angeles, Southern California from surf, skate. Then you throw in the martial arts and the karate and you were right there, man. You were living it. You were part of it. That's why I wanted to talk to you about your experiences because you were so close to it and living it. Do you remember like when the, when the karate kid came out, I was still living on the East coast, but here you were west coast and had already lived through the the movement that karate kid was making a movie about you know what i'm saying it's just like what was it like right, right, living in right. it and also having the karate kid come out on your watch while you're also part of the scene it, it was a hundred percent for true really it was a hundred it was a hundred percent true it was a hundred percent for real you went to those tournaments and that energy was there damn that's it, so crazy it, no it was that energy was there it, it was for real it was not and then as I started to see the Karate Kid more, like as I, I watched it more than a few times, I really, I really resonated with the bullying and what went on with the kids because that really did. I mean, they use the word now bullying. We didn't use that word, but it was like, I mean, people fought. There were no cell phones, man. There right. was no, I'm going to take a picture of you. You know, it was like you, you watched what you said and you watched what you said 
to who you were saying it to because you could get your face punched in. Sure. And it was for real. It was for real. Um, watching the Karate Kid, I I didn't think it was cheesy, um, but they were they were looking around. I know Tarzana Karate Studio, my school was approached. I'm sure Simon Ree's Mr. Ree Studio was approached um, because Mr. Ree was already in a lot of the film stuff and doing martial arts uh, stunt and coordinating for for film. Um, so I was a little bummed because I I had kind of left out of the scene a little bit. My parents were divorcing, and then I had heard rumor that you know I because I was in a lot of the fighting tournaments and I was placing in the top three and four almost every tournament I fought in you know they were looking for kids and of and course. i'm sure i'm sure uh i'm sure david i don't i've never had a conversation with david wald about it but i wonder if he was approached at that time right um you know because again there were a couple david sean deach Stephen ring those three guys and and myself we were right in that same like we were right like maybe six months apart of when we started training That's and then so we were insane. like and then we were so competitive, us four, at like we would push each other really hard in the school. So, which we didn't realize at the time would benefit us when we went to tournaments because then we would, we'd start sweeping shit, man. It was like, <laughs> seriously, like, then I'd be like, fuck, I got to fight Sean for first. Right. You'd be like, fighting your uh, own buddies. Uh, yeah. I'm fighting all the guys from my own school because that's how, you know, I don't know if people know this, but back, what they used to do back in the day, to figure out who would fight who is they would say, line up, li everyone line up on this line and stand next to someone that's not from your studio. No way. Yeah. So you would lie, you would stand next to someone. Now, what would happen is over time, you would know who was badass and who was tough to and who fight to avoid. And, right. And who to avoid and who you knew you could beat. So what would happen is everyone would stand on the line and then you, and then, they was people would start shifting really quick because they didn't want to be next to someone. And, the, and, and then the, and then the, and then the, the head judge would be like, all right, nobody move. And then you're like, Oh shit. Like I got next to this person. Like I don't want to fight him first or. You Dang, know? That's so intense, man. I can it, relate well, to that just from not wanting to get picked on the skins team. Cause I'd have to take my shirt off in public, but <laughs> that's, that's next level. Not wanting to get your ass kicked. Well, I mean, too, and it's like here you, you you drove all the way to this tournament, wherever it was. You paid to get into the tournament, and you don't want to leave in the first. You get like two, three minutes. You don't want to leave like right away, you know. And you're representing your school. You're representing your teacher. You're representing your style. You're, yeah, you're your representing buddies. your buddies. You're you're like it's like you know when your school walks out of the tournament and like eight of the 10 guys are holding trophies on the way out, yep. you know, you're, you're running it. So it's like, there is that camaraderie that, and even though it is an individual, you know, I, I don't want to call it a sport, but it, it's an individual art form. Sure. Um, you know, you are together. It, there is this togetherness that happens. No, even really hearing cool. you talk and describe that experience at a tournament, I could easily put myself, yeah, watching the show or thinking of the movie or how it translates to the world again that you lived in no different than, you know, like I was watching like a Tony Alva documentary the other night on uh, YouTube and just watching Tony and 
going back in the day and that scene and it's you know it's kind of to me the same thing you know your late 70s early 80s this this martial arts scene in los angeles that kind of like the skate scene it was huge and then out of nowhere it died and uh did you do you remember it because by the time i got to the valley in the mid 80s martial arts was not a thing and like i said that story i told at the beginning of the podcast is a thousand percent true where someone came up to me and was like oh you know stefan that, that's the karate kid man he's youngest <laughs> black belt in the valley and and when you do the math that was only like three or four years prior to me meeting you you know what i'm saying it's a it's a mind yeah. fuck yeah right. It was yeah. Did three, you, it was three years. Do you remember it though? Shutting off that fast and the scene just kind of disappearing. I think yeah, pretty much right around when for me, right around when Karate Kid hit, <laughs> the movie hit. came out. It just killed I, it. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I yeah. hate to say that. I mean, but like, because you're kind of like watching the movie and you're like, okay, that that resonates and that resonates. But then what started to happen really was. There was and 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 I'm and I'm blanking the guy's name and I'm I feel bad I don't know him personally but he's a really high level martial artist and I know several people in the valley that would be able to like vouch for this story but there was a dude and he had a garage and he was in the valley and he started inviting dudes over and it was like no more gloves no more pads like it was on dude it was kind of like fight club before fight club or mma and, not- and just gnarly yeah, it, w- dude, it really was it was like the precursor to mma dude and like dude i had friends that were like dude you should come and this guy's gnarly and and then like i'd see him the next week and they're like i'm like how was that and they're like oh dude my my, my ribs got broken and i'm like yeah no i'll pass <laughs> yeah, i'm good i'll surf i'm going down <laughs> I'm at good, topanga dude. you know and i'm oh yeah i'm gonna try to sit down behind the drum set this weekend and jam with friends you know it's Hell like yeah. uh-uh you know but it, it that's where it turned that's really where it turned yeah it's it moved into that real heavy like it's now it's like forget the pads forget the belts like we'll train and and then we'll just start knocking people out and, and that then sounds like to- that was almost like a counter movement to how it became so Hollywood and how the karate kid just made it so, you know, just cheese, you know, just, I'm sure it got to a point where just any Valley kid was just showing up to a karate studio and being like, Hey, I want to learn how to do the crane. And then because <laughs> of that, then this whole counter movement and this all anti, you know, that's probably anti-establishment and, that's probably where those garage sessions started happening and dudes literally getting their skulls cracked. Oh, it was for real. And then, but then you also had, think of it on the other side too, but then you had kids that were seeing karate kid and they were like, so inspired. They were like, Oh my God, I want to do karate. And that's when you saw the explosion of karate studios. Like, and then all of a sudden it was like, it was like, uh, I would meet someone and they're like, Oh, I heard you were in martial arts. Oh yeah. Cool. What school did you go to? And they tell you, and you're like, you have no clue. You're like, Oh, I've never heard of that school. or I've never yeah. heard of that teacher. And and they're like, Oh yeah, they're really good. And, and of course you, you're like, yeah, great. That's awesome. And, and they're like, Oh, what the, how long have you been training? And they're like two and a half years. And you're like, Oh rad. And, 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 and what belt are you or whatever? And they're like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a red, second red. And you're like, and I'm doing the math. I'm like second red, two and a half years. Wait a minute. That, and I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, it doesn't compute. Yeah. Like, how the hell are you a red? How are you a red belt in two and a half years? Like, yep. You know, or, that's, or, that's, or uh, the movement became like Orange Fitness or Core Power or something like that. Very, very, very true. Yeah. So it, 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 there, so there was that. 
there was kind of like two things happening. There was the underground where people went in garages and they started fighting for real. And that's, I think really what became MMA and all that stuff. That's now just, I can't watch that dude for me. I can't either. It's too I, I hard can't for watch me. it, dude. It's, it's like, I can't watch dudes getting their faces just pounded dude. I, and like getting kneed and kicked. And like, that, it's just brutal. I mean, like now I have Matt, like I don't want anything to do. People with love it that. though. My father-in-law, my brother-in-law, they just, I mean, they, they have spaghetti dinners watching dudes faces get turned into a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> I just don't, I can't, it's not me and I don't judge, but I'm right there with you, pal. Well, hey, man, I, you know, and that's why the first time I did a Warrior Two and a yoga class, and I went, oh my god, this is like got it's got a martial arty feel, sure. but there's no one, there's no one, there's no one punching me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my next question and final question for you, which is, you know, obviously I know that you, you know, you have your own yoga studio, and I want you to promote that. But outside of that, do you still practice? martial arts or incorporated into your yoga or have you completely separated from that life and now like me you just sit back and watch cobra kai with your kids <laughs> oh that's a great that's a great question um well actually my son um who's now 13 i got him into the martial arts uh, with an amazing uh teacher uh reza uh at a studio called the way of no way which is um uh, way of no way was was established about five or six years ago unfortunately it's been closed due to covid but uh um it was a, a bruce lee style uh of, of martial arts i don't know why i'm blanking the style right now um but uh i i was training with reza for a very short amount of time my son was training with reza's uh uh crew and it was phenomenal i mean i i absolutely loved it they had a drum set in there and drum percussion and people would come and play drums for the class when we would be training uh, it was a real really oh, cool. amazing yeah it was really amazing and i'm i'm really mad at myself that i'm not remembering the name of the style that's like horrible jeet kundo you got it that's bruce lee's style jeet kundo yeah reza studio uh, school uh, the way in no way uh his teacher guru daniel yasanta who's still living was bruce lee's uh fighting training partner and friend best friend Damn. and he's in he's in the he's in the movies he's in all the bruce lee movies with bruce lee's fighting against him in, in some of the movies uh guru daniel yasanta he's 80 i think 85 and he trains every day he's in marina del rey i have mike dubin trains with him are you kidding I mean, that's who dubin trains with a, a mutual yeah, du- friend of yeah. ours yeah, Mike Du yes, Mike Dubin trains with Guru Dan. Guru Dan is the most badass dude on the planet. And I'm not kidding. You can go and look up Guru Dan Inyasanto, Inyasanto Academy. I hope I'm saying it correctly. Um it would be like me saying Tang Sudo. Sure. <laughs> it's that bad. it's that it's it's that disrespectful. Um but no, yeah, he's he, he's the high, at the highest level. At the highest level. And Damn. and Reza and Reza studied with Guru Dan. Um, and when Reza opened up his school here in the Valley, um, and I walked into his place, I was blown away. Like I could not believe they were teaching them sea lot. They were teaching them, uh, Kempo. They were teaching them jujitsu. They were oh, teaching them. I love them, that. They, they were doing collie stick fighting. They were doing, I mean, they were doing stuff so beyond what I learned. It made me want to start training again. That's how, how amazing it was and then the fact that they had a drum set in the place and dr- people would yeah, show up and play drums right 
it, it was like, I was like, yeah, I was, I mean, I was, we were there right up until COVID. I mean, Seoul was, had been there four years. Damn. That's dude. I didn't even realize that. I, I mean, I knew yeah. that, but I, I guess I had forgotten. And are, do you incorporate the, the, the art sometimes into your yoga and your instruction as well? You know, honestly, not too much. I do a little bit of some Tai Chi and some Qigong that I'll incorporate, but not so much in the form in which I was formerly trained in, which sure. would be Tong Sudo. But what I've been doing that's really hilarious on Zoom is I'll start the class and I'll go, okay, everybody stand up and I'll, and I'll kind of bounce like I'm getting ready to do a you know, like a, a fight fighting position and I'll start throwing roundhouses. And I'll go, okay, everybody, <laughs> I've done this, I've done this the last two weeks. I'm like, all right, everybody. And I start throwing the roundhouse kick. I'm all right, let's do 20 on the right, 20 on the left. Yeah. And everyone, and everyone looks at me and cause they have no clue that I have that martial That's, arts. Do you have that bat? That's why I wanted to put you on this thing, dude, especially now the timing couldn't be any better. Do you, I actually reached out to, uh, Billy Zapka, the person who pl the guy who plays Johnny uh, on the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, you know Johnny. Oh, he's awesome! Yeah, and, and they're in yeah. the. I, I'm going to get him on in April. They said that he's shooting right now, season four of Cobra Kai. But this, as, as soon as they let up, they're going to bring him through, and I'll have you on that with me, man. We could do it together. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think it's awesome. And uh, But you're right. It, I, I would do, if I were you, I would do like what Danny LaRusso is doing on Cobra Kai with the friggin' kicks and the cranes to help sell cars. You do the same thing to help book yoga studio, you know, Zooms. <laughs> there you go. I think man. it's perfect. Hey, it'll be called Mixed Yoga Arts. That, that's what I'm talking mixed about. Martial arts, mixed so Yoga Arts. With it's Sensei Stefan. That's right. Oh, you have, always have to say last name. Storachi. Oh, yeah, Sensei Storachi. And where can people yeah. find you if they would like to? Because uh, I, I can't say enough great things about you and your yoga practice. And if people would like to sign up for Zooms or do one-on-one -on -one yoga sessions with, with the original OG Karate Kid. See, I'm already working oh. on the branding. How do we do that? I love it. How do we do that? Um. Well, you can always find me at gardenofyoga.com. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, yoga Stefan seven, the number seven. Okay. Um, Instagram. And, um, of course, Facebook. Perfect, man. Well, thank you for joining us, enlightening us, sharing some, talking some West Valley, early Valley karate stories from the eighties. Oh yeah, man. It's always a pleasure, Chris. Thanks, man. Oh, that was fun. Thank you so much to the homie Stefan Storacci. Be uh, sure to check out Storach, his uh, Instagram feed. Hook up with some yoga if that's your deal. I I'm all about it. I've taken several of his classes and love them. And he's also a hell of a drummer, important to note as well. I've got classic stories with, uh, with Stefan over the years. He went to Santa Barbara. Uh, UCSB came down here and would visit me at State all the time. We'd run around town, get in trouble. And uh, I'll never forget, I'm selling them out right now, where uh, we were at, I forget what it was. It was a club in Pacific Beach right on Garnett. Like huge. It was like the biggest club back in the day. 
and I don't remember the name of it, proving that uh, I had some good times back in the day, but uh, just raging beach club, raging with like a sunken bar. It went deep in there. I think it might be Typhoon now, but back in the day it was something else, and Stefan uh, met these girls, just super fine. And uh, Ozzy was in town with the band Ugly Kid Joe, who were from Santa Barbara. And Stefan lied to the girls and said that he was the drummer in Ugly Kid Joe, and I was the manager of the band. And uh, that's how he, not me, he was the one with the game. And I'd own it, trust me, if I had it. But uh, he was able to close the deal, if you will, uh, as the drummer of Ugly Kid Joe, which he was not. All right, until next time, be well.